Hold on, my, my editor fucked it all up. Welcome to the Mouthpiece, episode 31, year one. It's the last episode of 2019. Today, we're going to talk about my week, which wasn't much, my poker, which was last night, and we're going to talk about a great interview with Chad Power. So buckle up, stay tuned. The Mouthpiece is next. All right, everybody. So my week wasn't much. So I'm going to make this kind of short and sweet because, you know, we got a nice interview coming up with uh, Chad Power. If you don't know him, uh, you're going to know him because he's a great poker player. Uh, So my week was pretty shitty most of the week. Uh, I was in debilitating pain, which has come back. Uh, It's now been six weeks and five weeks of it has been a nightmare. Uh, And it's I, I, I think it's because of the rain. Whenever it rains, I'm in pain. And it's literally rained two two times a week the last five weeks, maybe three th- in Vegas. And when it's not raining, uh, the pressure's low and uh, and it's cold out and, and, and I'm in pain. So it's been kind of a nightmare. Um, last yes, uh, So most of the week, I never left the house. So I was just in a lot of pain. And... Uh, Yesterday, I got really depressed. The pain was so bad. And I, I couldn't even leave the house. My uh, my uh, editor, Danny, is, just has a brand new grandbaby. And a beautiful little baby. I couldn't even leave the house to go over there to see him because I was in such depression. I was in so much pain. And, um, and uh, then Chad came over to bring me because he was holding... Uh, Phil bought me uh, some Christmas gifts. He bought me like three jerseys. Uh, football jerseys he asked me who my favorite team was I told him Patriots I know you all hate the Patriots but the only reason why I love the Patriots I've said it many times is I respect greatness I love I never was a Patriot fan actually I actually hated them for many years but when I said it before if you haven't heard it when Jonas Gray ran for 203 yards on Monday Night Football and was late for a meeting the next day and he was kicked off the team and he never played in the NFL again all my respect went to Belichick because they just don't put up with shit you know, the guy ran for 203 yards on Monday Night Football, thought he could be late for a meeting on Wednesday, and Bill Belichick told him where to shove it. And that's when I became a Patriot fan. So Phil bought me a Patriot jersey, uh, and then he asked me, anybody else? I said, well, the Raiders are moving here. I hate the Raiders, but somehow I'm going to have to learn to like them. So he bought me a Raider sweatshirt and a, a, a car jersey, which was really cool with Phil. Like I said, Phil's a good-hearted guy. So... um He's, Chad been been lugging it around for like six days, <laughs> and uh, he calls me. He was over at uh, Aoki's house. Uh, he's staying over there, and he's like, "Hey, you know, I'm leaving now. I'm getting a room at the Aria. I'm in Henderson. Uh, Want to stop by and drop that off?" It's pretty funny. So he gets to my house, uh, and he can't find the bag with all the stuff in it. <laughs> Fucking, he's lugged it around for six for seven, six or seven days, and. He comes over to bring me the jerseys and he can't find it. So now he calls the Uber driver. Dude, I left this bag in your car. The Uber driver's like, no, you didn't. He's like, I'll give you $200 if you bring me the bag. Hold on, let me go check. Calls Uber driver, no, you didn't. So then uh, he called the person that uh, was at our, uh, that he was staying with. And he was, she was looking for a different type of bag. She goes, oh, the plastic bag. Yeah, it's right here. So he actually left it over at uh, uh, Steve's house where he was staying. And uh, so we went out, had to go over there, and we picked it up. 
and we ended up going to eat sushi. He got me in a really good mood. I went from severe depression and couldn't move to uh, in a good mood. And then uh, we got a call to uh, go play in the poker game. Uh, they wanted him to play. Uh, and so he was hanging out with me. He's like, well, I'm with Mike Mattiso. Is there two seats? And they said, yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, they don't like to let me in these games because I really don't give much action. But I am funny and I'm good for the game. Uh, and so they like play with Chad because they don't realize how good he is. They just think he gives a lot of action, which he does, but he's, he just, he's got no fear and he knows where he's at. And if they think they're going to play with Chad every day and make money, they're going to be in for a long, 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 long time. So we end up going to play and, um, uh, you know, normally, uh, I knew the game was really good and it was playing biggest. So I, uh, normally give half to Phil, but Phil was sleeping. It was five in the morning and Minnesota, so I asked Chad if he wanted half, and Chad, uh, with no problem, said, you got it. And uh, very first 10 uh, dealt. It was a really interesting night. So they go, Mike, you want a hand? I said, yeah, deal me in. I'm not even seated. I haven't even pulled out my chips yet. Uh, they didn't even ask how much I was playing, but I, I looked out at my hand, and uh, Frank the Tank had raised under the gun. I looked down, and there's two, two aces. I'm like, this, this can't be real. So I make it like... 1300 he makes it three i make it no i make it 1400 uh i said i'm playing 10 behind right everybody folds it comes back to frank and he and frank was really drunk at the time and when frank's drunk he just gambles when he's when he's not he's i mean he's a good player even when he's drunk but he just gambles a lot more and he's like uh uh well i make it 5600 i'm like frank you just raised under the gun i haven't even sat down you just four bet me after I three bet you in the two hole. I'm like, I'm all in. <laughs> he, he can only ask it's 4,000 more. He's got a call. He's got king, queen of clubs. I had two aces. So he's pretty much drawing dead on the flop. I come deuce five, eight, two diamonds and a heart. I mean, I, uh, it was just clean a flop I ever seen. Uh, but then it came a three on the turn. And I was like, well, a four makes a straight on the board. Whatever it was, there was whatever there was. Whether it was six or a seven, that made a straight for the chop, but he bricks. So I hadn't sat down yet. I doubled up. I got twenty thousand. Uh, I pick up a couple of other pots, and I played for ninety minutes. And I know you guys are gonna laugh and say, "Oh, Mike, you're so nitty or whatever." I played five hands in ninety minutes. I played those aces, kings twice, queens once, and ace king. I lost ace king in a hand that I checked back, turned with no pair to Frank because I knew he had nothing. And just hoping whatever came on the river, he just bombs it because I checked the turn. But it came a 10 on the river and he bets 200. And I was like, motherfucker hit a 10 on the river. And so I just called, he had king 10 offsuit. Hit a 10, so he had three outs once. So I really like my check because if he, when I check back, if it, he was going to bet 1500 on the river. He does, That's how he does. He always bets big if somebody checks back. And so I knew he had zero. So uh, granted, there was uh, 900 pre, 1800, and then I bet uh, 900 on the flop, deuce 580, called 900 with king 10 on deuce 580 board. Uh, so, uh, you know, 2700 now. I, I just bet the turn and pick it up, or I could just check the turn and when he bets 1500 on the river snap call him 
I mean, I knew the most he had was, or he could have six outs with the most he had one time. That's still, what, five to one favorite. As it turns out, he just had three outs. So that was like a, a kind of unlucky there. Uh, but the other, the big pot I, I won, you know, I, I haven't really talked about was really amazing. So every time a dealer changes, we did a bomb pot. For anybody who doesn't know what a bomb pot is, everybody puts in 200 and everybody gets dealt in and there's no betting till after the flop. So you're, eight people see a flop. So it's kind of a game where, I mean, you don't want to ever, if it's, well, you, you just don't want to lose. You, be, you better have two pair. You know, the old, the old saying, never go broke with one pair in an unraised pot. So you kind of want to have two pair. So the flop comes King, Jack, Jack. And I look down, I'm in the small blind, right? First to act. I couldn't believe what I saw. I have pocket kings. And I'm like, well, how do I play this? You know, I can't lead. Everybody's, there's 18 cards out. So there's a jack out there for sure. So, and there's two spades. So how do I play this? So I check. Guy in the small blind uh, makes it uh, 1,100. Uh, Danielle Anderson makes it 2,800. Everybody folds. It comes back to me. I him and haw and him and haw and him and haw. And I call 2,800. And the guy then in, in the big blind makes it 8,300 and says, I'll show you my hand right now. I got a jack. Uh, I'll show you my hand right now. I just want to win the pot, right? And I'm like, no, no, don't show your hand. It could kill the action. I, I don't, you know, it's just very bad for the game. Just if it's head up, show your hand. But three-handed, let's just let's just see what happens here because I'm not sure if I want to call or fold. <laughs> I said that. It's kind of funny. So um, he makes it 8,300. Danielle, I mean, she was, uh, this is one hand that the, 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 the green lights, the red lights were flashing in her head. And she almost folded right there, but she called the 6,000. And then I decided, well, it was 16,000 in there. I had 23,000, I'm just gonna ship it. You know, I'm just like, there's two spades on the board. If I call, uh, I think my hand's close to face up. And if it's not, and if a spade rolls off, the action's dead. Um, so I just ripped it for 23. The guy's like, oh man, really? Really, Mike, really? You got a nut flush draw. You really got kings full. No, you would never ship a kings full right on the flop. No way. Oh man, I got a big jack here. And he's giving this story, and he's like, and he calls, and then Dan, it comes to Danielle. It's fifteen more to her. And she tanks for like two and a half minutes. Now, I was nine hundred ninety-five percent sure she had a jack. Normally, I would say a thousand percent, but she was not having her best playing day and she was buried so she could easily a lot of flush draw i mean actually i was it was a jack in my mind 100 percent. but when i watched her misplay a couple of hands real bad i i just you know i was like well i'll say 995 percent she had a jack she ended up uh she folded she had a jack eight um uh, i thought i was getting the double double the whole 23 times three so i end up uh he goes once or twice, I looked at him. He goes, you have a jack? I said, no. And he looked at me, he goes, oh, fuck. You got kings full. I said, yeah, you're drawing dead, buddy. And uh, 
And he's like, well, I could hit. I go, no, you can't. She had a jack. <laughs> he's like, I could hit a jack. I'm like, no, she had a jack. So he, this guy was like devastated. Like uh, he was, uh, he was the kind of guy that wanted to come play to Chad in the game and, you know, him losing this. Now he went from, he had just won a big pot. He went from stuck 5,000 to up 15,000. And then uh, he loses uh, the entire, like 20, whatever he lost to me in the pot. Uh, and so I ended up, uh, I was 42 winner. I got as high as 46 winner. Um, and then uh, he left and another drunk guy left. And Frank, who was drunk, had started to sober up. And I looked around and said, this game kind of sucks. And I don't really want to play deep in a shitty game. I had two queens. This last time I played, I raised, uh, got, um, uh, I forgot his first name. They call him My- Milos, a really good poker player, really good, high limit, plays really high stakes. Uh, he flat calls me, he, and he's he's pretty tight player. He's playing solid tight. Flop come jack, five deuce, two diamonds. I bet half pot, he called. Turn card, three of diamonds. I check, he checked back. River card, ace, I check. And this is a card, like, if I raise, you know, bet flop, check turn, and an ace rolls off, like, I'm a, if I base king there, I'm just going to check call every time, so... I checked, he bet like 2,000. I just looked at him and said, man, I just know I'm beat. I'm not sure what you have, but I just know I'm beat. And if not, I was like, you just outplayed me and I don't really like playing deep anyways. And so I threw the two black queens face up and um, and that was the last time I played it. And he said, Mike, you played great, great fold. He goes, I'm not gonna tell you what I had, but I swear to God, I had you beat. I said, I know you did, you know. So. Uh, I ended up quitting, and uh, I normally don't talk about my wins, but I won 42,000, in which I had half of myself. Um, and uh, that was really big for me because I, uh, not being able to work the last month, and I, I did play for like a week, the five diamond week, and uh, I went, I lost like 10,000, um, uh, which again is a lot to me. And then my bills were due, last two months of bills were due, and so. You know, I went through 25000 in my bankroll, which was quite a bit of my bankroll right now. So I was I was, in the, I was kind of in the dumps and depressed more, not only because of the pain, but there have been so many good games and I just haven't been able to play in them. So anyways, also new for 2020 is Cameos. I've joined Cameo.com. And if you want me to do any personal messages for you or any of your friends, that's actually started today and will run hopefully as long as I can keep doing cameos because I love talking to my fans and being there. In case any of you don't know what uh, the cameo is at cameo.com, it's basically personal cameos. Uh, you pay a certain amount. I probably will be charging, I don't know, 15 to 25 bucks. I haven't decided yet. And uh, you get personal cameos. Uh, from me, whatever you want me to say to any of your friends or relatives, if you want to have piss them off and have them tell them the kitty games down the street, they suck as a poker player, check it out at cameo.com. All right, you guys, uh, we'll be right back here on The Mouthpiece. The Mouthpiece. If you'd like to take part in our phone call segment, you can give us a call at 702 329 04 
And if you're a snowflake or a pussy and you don't want to talk to me, you can email me at mouthpiecepodcast at gmail.com. Also, follow me at the Mouth Mattiso on Twitter for times that our call-in segment will be live. Okay, it's our favorite time of the show, our phone call segment. So let's hear what our fans have to say today. Let's light up the lines. Welcome to the mouthpiece. This is Mike. Who's this? Who's this? Hello? What's your name? This this? This is Patrick from Montana. Patrick, what's going on, man? Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you. How you been running in poker, Mike? Uh, poker's been good. I, I've, what's happened here the last uh, six weeks, pretty much five, six weeks is I've gone out to play only like twice because the weather in Vegas has been raining every day, except for maybe 10. I mean, it just literally rains two, three times a week. And whenever it rains, I'm in terrible pain. And every day I start to feel better. I'm getting ready to go play and then I'm in pain and I go outside. It's raining. You know, it's like it's been a nightmare with the weather with my body. So I haven't really played much. Yeah, that's that's so important, especially with poker. You got to just be feeling 100% feeling ready to go to go take on the world. And if you're a little down best not to go play i agree 100%. yeah and well the old mike used to i forced myself to go play because i'm like oh my bankroll's getting low i need to make bill money or whatever and and now it's just i'd rather you know not blow ten thousand playing one day and and, and then and then that's another you know it's a month and a half in bills i'd have to worry about so you know, I just uh, try and play when it's when, whenever I get a good chance, whenever I'm feeling good. And I made some calls uh, today if there's going to be some games. And there was actually a game I was invited to at 6:30 tonight, but I had a massage set up because I've been and I woke up in terrible pain today because I uh, my legs were just burning, and that's when I found out it was raining again outside. So I had a massage therapist come over and. Uh, I still feel like shit, but that's only because it's I'm sore now. I went from feeling like shit, and my legs burning to sore. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. Well, though. I've always been a fan of yours, Mike. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Hey, good. you too, man. Everything Thank goes you. Your way. Thank you so much for yep. calling, and have a wonderful New Year. Take care, man. You too, brother. Later. Talk to you later. Good luck. Thanks. What's up, Malcolm to the mouthpiece? Who's this? It's Craig. Craig. Where are you from, Craig? Craig. I'm up here in Seattle, Washington. That's a that's a cool place to be. Big game this week in Seattle. Uh, yeah, huge. Hey, I love your I I love your show. I really do. I appreciate it, man. I really do. Thanks. Yeah. You know, it's uh, uh, you know, we try and we we try and get uh, talk to people and see what's going on in the world and see what everybody has to say and kind of like bring some good guests on. And, and I have to try and navigate that too, between trying to play and, 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 uh, and squeeze some playing time in and then deal with my pain. So, you know, it's, uh, it's because of people like you and Moneymaker and Negreanu that I got into poker. Obviously I don't play professional, but I, I enjoy it. 
it's honestly people like you 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 made poker what it is well thank why, you i appreciate it yeah. man. But, hey uh my favorite moment the reason i want to call was i remember your uh pitching greg raymer shit uh it was amazing it was mm. like this guy is in his fucking head mm. i loved it oh yeah i you know that the thing that sucks about that is you know i i really had him where i wanted him i had a re i picked up a towel on him you know back in the day and uh and i went with it and it was it was gut-wrenching because you know i was right before i had to go to jail for that bullshit i didn't even do so you know i was uh I kind of wanted to, you know, if I went there to jail with two million in my pocket, it would have been a lot easier. But man, you know, I was like 15 years ago. It seems like yesterday. <laughs> so I'll tell you, yeah. I mean, where, where the time goes, that's, I don't even know. I mean, people say life is short. You better live life to its fullest. I'm like, well, I live life to its fullest <laughs> about 20 years ago. <laughs> Now, now, now I'm paying for it. I guess I don't know, but it's all good. Yeah, but you're you're a, you're a professional. You're well known. You're yeah. hanging out with Elmius. You're playing folk series every year. Yeah, Raymer's one hit wonder. And yeah, uh, he um, you have shown that you. Yeah, I mean, I'm still crushing it. You know, I mean, I I still make a good living playing poker. Yeah. You know, um. It ain't easy to get money now. You know, you hear about all these kids, they all go on rushes and they think they're the greatest of all time and they don't win anything for two years and they wonder where all their money went. But uh, it's so important. Uh, people told me back in the day to to put some money away and I didn't listen to them. I was just like, I just wanted to play higher. So, uh, you know, I, I learned a lot from that. But uh at least I'm st- like you said. I'm I'm still winning. I'm still competing against the top players. Uh, I'm playing in the biggest games, uh, and I'm still beating them. So uh, you know, people could say whatever they want about me. They know how good I am because they don't let me in any of the private games. So it's like Phil gets invited. He Phil gets to play in all the private games. He thinks it's because they like to play with them. No, Phil, they play with you because they watch how bad you play on Poker After Dark. Okay, so uh, but I don't tell him that because you, you can't because you, he's my friend and I don't want to make you got to let him make up. You got one thing about Phil, you let him just believe the hype <laughs> and let we let him. What's what we call it? We call it Phil. Let Phil believe what Phil wants to believe. You know, uh, then there was this there's this two four hundred mix game that goes every day and they never allow me in it. And uh but they, but David Gray was in the game, and he was sitting there talking about how Phil's the worst player, saying all kinds of things about Phil. I'm like, you think you're a good player, David? I said, I said, no pros are allowed in this game. How come you're invited? Do you ever ask? It's not because you're the fucking funnest guy in the world to play with. Matter of fact, you're probably the most annoying, which he is the most annoying guy in the world to play with. One of my dear friends, I love David Gray, but I'm just trying to say, don't. Don't preach. Don't be saying shit about Phil. There's a reason why you're in this game, and I'm not, David. And it has nothing to do with that you make because you're a funny guy because you're annoying as fuck. So, uh, you know, so I kind of put him in his place a little bit. But, uh, you know, I love David. He's one of my good friends. I have not, never any, a bad word to say about him, but 
the thing is is they were they used they were like did you see how bad phil just played that hand you see that fifty-five thousand he gave away and they were like he's the worst he's the worst and i'm just like um he made a mistake that <laughs> hand but uh how come you're in this private game and I'm never allowed to play in it? So shut the fuck up. And I said something. I was fucking with him. It was funny as hell. Anyways, I appreciate the call, man. Give me a call anytime. Tell all your friends, listen to the mouthpiece. I appreciate it. We do, buddy. Hey, I love you. I'm glad your wife is uh, really cool, too. And I I really appreciate you, man. Keep you got it, it man. Take care. Peace. Bye. The Mouthpiece. Welcome to The Mouthpiece. Today's special guest, a really good friend of mine and a great poker player, Mr. Chad Power. What's going on, Chad? What, what? What up, man? What? So, um, for the people that don't know you, which a lot of people don't, um, tell us where you uh, got your start in poker and uh, tell us about how close you've really been in the main event i think three times two times well i, I got my start like a lot of other people you know back in 2003 i saw the money maker boom happen i'm watching guys like sammy farha and chris Moneymaker and you and phil helmuth make deep runs and fell in love with poker and playing five dollar tournaments with my friends Eventually, I go to college. I drop out of college and, and make a run of being a pro in, in cash games. Started playing one, two in the casino. So, fast forward many years later, uh, I play the main event. Uh, the back in 2015, mm-hmm. I got so I've only had uh, I've only played the main event four times. Okay, I, I didn't cash. I didn't cash one year. And then I played uh, in 2015, I got 26th, and I was staking and living with a guy, Okay. and he got 24th, so oh, that was great in the wow. same year. That's a pretty, that's so like then, a five, like, next year, 250,000 score, yeah, probably. Yeah, 262,000, I mean. Yeah. And then the next year, I get like 400-something at place. Right. The year after that, I, uh... <laughs> I'm a huge, huge UFC fan, and mm-hmm. there was a giant card the next day. Okay, and so it's day three of the main event. I have a hundred k, and I just decided I'm either going to have all the chips at the end of this day, or just be out and go to the UFC event. Gotcha. So I pretty much, pretty mm-hmm. much punted it off. Go to the UFC event the next day. Uh, had a good card. Won a lot of money on on sports betting. Okay. And then the only other year I played the main event was last year, the uh, gold jacket year. Yeah, that was I actually for everybody <laughs> out there that doesn't know who Chad is. All you have to do is see him on the TV broadcast last year. Uh, he was wearing the gold, I think gold shades and a gold jacket, right? They're pretty. You look fucking yeah, gold pretty. shades, gold jacket. Yeah, and you uh, and you finished what eighty ninth or something. Yeah, I got 89th. I got unlucky, too. I mean, everyone has, like, a bad beat story. Right. But I, I literally lost, like, I had about half. Like, I was a double up away from having a final table stack. Mm-hmm. And then I just lost, like, five massive hands in a row. Yeah, I was like, I what the one. fuck? Yeah, I mean, like, so, yeah. the, I, I could look back at last year. I finished 199th. And I 
don't really recall ever taking a beat in a hand. Uh, I, I was, I played way, you know, I play a lot tighter than you do, but I also, when the blinds start to go up, I start to open a little bit more pots and kind of use my image. Uh, and that was able to take me from like, I, I started day five with 795, picked up uh, aces against tens, like about the third hand in, and then I was down to 400K. Um, yeah, I was down to 400K. I lose like an 800K pot. And then two hands later, I min raced it to like 50K on the button with 400K. And the guy in the big blind moved in with sixes and I had kings. And so the same guy that bad beat me for like 365 now gave me 400. And then I just basically went from 800 to 1.9 million without ever showing a hand or really having much. I just, it was, it was really weird. And like, like I've said before is the dynamic of the table with the guy we had that was sick that had like, uh, what, 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 what's that thing called? He he had this really bad sickness. Uh, he had like 105 fever, and the guy started the day with a 3.7 million stack when average was 1.2. I feel bad for him. Like he finished, I think, in the top hundred without playing a hand. But uh, they wouldn't they wouldn't let him out of the out of the hospital because they said he he he's like 75 percent to die if he leaves the hospital. Some kind of blood disorder uh I forgot i forgot what it was called man but it was oh, brutal dude i mean that's a, i mean that's a, that's a pretty brutal bad beat i mean that's a pretty brutal bad beat so um well, i mean credit credit to him for not trying to sneak someone else into his into his seat you know? dude he was trying to get out of the hospital and they wouldn't let him because they said his life yeah you think risk. most people with that many chips and it's not like super late in the tournament that give their id to someone See if they can, you know, wear a hat and shades. Give give the maybe like the bucket hat and and the shades. Like uh, who was just on? Yeah, on but but friends. the guy had Rick to, Solomon. The, the guy had to leave the night before, an hour before the day ended on day four. So everybody knew the situation. So they all knew who the guy was. So I don't think it would have worked uh, that late in the tournament. I I, I really. It was really weird. So you had an empty blind that you could, you had to be careful of when to attack it because, you know, these, you know, these, you're late in a tournament. You people aren't stupid. They're going to start three bet and four bet. You know what I'm saying? You know, so the one guy on like under the gun, he, he, he got real aggressive against this blind early and he actually uh, gave me a lot of the chips. He gave me like 500 K uh, just calling raises and then check calling. And I had like, and so then he got short and uh, so that ended and then he goes on a rush and scoops three in a row and then he opens under the gun and I had Ace Jack, and I'm like, well, he was super aggro early in in the day before he lost his chips. Now he's won three pots in the last five hands. I'm like, he's just probably raising this guy. So I I flattered with Ace Jack, and 
And like I was, you know, you've seen me when I'm in knit, when I'm in knit mode, you know, like if I put a oh, chip in it. <laughs> right. So, uh, uh, so the flop comes Jack six deuce with three hearts. I had ace Jack, ace of hearts and he bets like 125 and I call and now it comes to eight of spades on the turn and he had just watched me like agonized for three and a half minutes with trips no in a hand where yeah you know like we've always said when people make a speech they just have it they can't it's not it's like something internally that you just do you don't even know you're doing it so when he raised like up front i i was pretty deep at the time and i called with um 10 nine of clubs and the flop comes down uh deuce four ten and he checks and now i bet like 125k and he he asked me he goes how deep are you playing and he calls like so like what hand is he raising and then check calling and making a speech at that time actually it came 10 8 4 i said this guy flopped a set of eights or a set of fours not a doubt in my mind so it comes a 10 on the turn and he checks and i check right back nobody does this right i check right back and uh so now the river he bets 300 he bets like full pot and like i was gonna fold and but then i said to myself he's watching me how tight i'm playing why would he bet full pot into me who doesn't like to put a chip in so now i i I decided well mate i don't know if i could fold this hand i got i got uh trips like he never in a million years could put me on trips here and I, i after like fucking five agonizing minutes i called and he showed me force full and i was so mad i called because my i mean i just i saw it you know you, you play enough to know when you see it you know what i mean yeah sometimes you just know and and so so then when the uh eight of spades came on the turn he bet 300k i said i just i made it 650 now he watched me agonized putting in three with trips and now he sees me raise him on the turn. Everybody at the table was, was positive I had the nut flush. You know what I mean? But now when he calls the 375 raise or 400,000 raise, whatever it was, I made it. He's calling the river. I mean, his mind is made up right then and there. Do I have it or I don't? And it came, comes a king on the river and he checked. I checked back. He showed me two black queens. That was that was the hand that kind of crippled me from one point eight down to eight hundred. I, I mean, I mean, I, I could hit a fifteen outer. I don't always have to miss them. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, you never catch a break, man. Oh, I caught one yesterday. Uh, so, um, but yeah. So you you know you could understand. Every everyone at the table said they would have folded when I raised the turn. Well, it's kind of like you when you folded this 
Trip Jacks to me. Uh, oh, man. my God. Now, t- you could tell everybody about the hand we played <laughs> and, and tell them how I was playing and how the hand went. Oh, all right. So we're playing 50, 100, 200, something like that. Yeah, I, don't, I don't remember the exact stakes, but yeah. literally, I've just seen nothing but Mike play so, so, so tight. I had seen you not not three bet someone when you had queens. Right. I had seen you just call with ace king. Right. And the only hands I had seen you show down were, you know, I three bet two other times. I had aces <laughs> yeah, and kings. Yeah, like jacks plus and the only times you three bet you had aces or kings. Correct. Yeah. So so someone raises and you three bet out of the small blind. And I looked down at jacks in the big blind. So Pretty easy, and we're deep enough that I yeah, can call. Pretty easy, easy call. just call for me. Absolutely. I'm just looking to hit a, yeah, looking to hit a set, win a big pot, right. and that's that. So I call, flop comes, ace, ace, nine, seven, something like that. Yeah, it was, it was ace, nine, six. Yeah. Nine, six, two clubs, one heart. Yeah. Uh, and I decided and to you get a little, I decided to make it look like, I had like kings and the ace hit, and I was going to get cute with the hand. Is what happened. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm thinking, all right, yeah. Oh, maybe he has kings and miss, but maybe he also has three aces. I'm just going to check. Right. I check. Uh, turn is a jack. The button check. I hit my set. Uh, and I'm like, oh. Uh, Kate Hall was in the hand. She checked on the button too. So, yeah. So the turn was oh, a jack, oh. and I checked. Or no, I checked. It was jack of hearts, and so now there's yeah. two clubs and two hearts on board. You check for sure. Yeah, uh, I'm. I make like a a healthy like you bet two thirds this yeah size bet. Uh, I guess if Kate was in the hands, she. Folds. I think she. I think then she, you check raise me. Yeah, I check raise like huge. Yeah, and then you just yeah you, you check yeah. raise me and you check raise pretty big. Yeah, and given that I had already seen you just call with Ace King before the flop. Right. Uh, now I'm just thinking you pr- and queens. I'm like, well, you probably only have aces and kings here. Right. You're not going to check the flop and then check raise the turn with kings. You know, right. especially to this sizing, it just makes no sense. Right. So I'm just like, well, I, I guess you have three aces. I, I'm not giving right. you credit for having a lot of other three bet hands, and, and you had bluffed one time. No. I've been playing pretty crazy. Right. And so I make I fold second set, which is completely nuts i would never do this to anyone else no and then you show me uh ace king suited it was funny i go you showed me the jacks face up i go do you want to see the hand and you yeah. said yeah <laughs> i showed it to you now the funny part about that hand is i really thought i had the best hand but yeah, the, I'm playing really loose. The, the way I'm playing, okay, the fact that at the time, this was two years ago where I was really on life support, just starting to make my comeback, I was, I, I might have been the tightest I had ever played in a poker game. And I, and I, it was, it was pretty crazy. And I, I told people, I said, listen, if I had his hand, I would have folded the set three jacks also. You know, because my image, I mean, like you said, I had three bet aces, kings, 
And that was it. I flatted with Queens and I never three bet ace king. I just, this time yeah, I decided. And you weren't to, splashing around with any hands. And nothing. You yeah. certainly weren't playing any big pots without it, you know? Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's actually, you know, so I end up meeting Chad at, at this charity event that Phil was throwing in, in Washington, D.C. And um, we end up playing and uh, we've become pretty good friends since. And uh, I really believe Chad is, I don't want to say it too much because he might lose his invites to his games, but I think he's really <laughs> one of the best poker players in the world in No Limit Hold'em. So I, I I make the game. I make my lineup, so I'll never be uninvited to my own game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, speaking of that, you know, a lot of my listeners, they want to, they always talk about the private games, the what goes on in the pro- underground games. And you could kind of, you've play, been playing a lot of them, putting a lot of them together. You don't need to name names if you don't want, but you could tell us a few stories about, What's gone on in some of these games you've been in? Oh, man, I've got I've got some really crazy ones. Get, give uh, give my listeners I, a couple of juicy ones. I'll give you some juicy stories. So okay. uh, one I actually had on, on my Instagram live. I was uh, I Instagram live like I don't know maybe eight hands of me playing or something like that. Right. Of course, I get all in like two or maybe even three times of the eight. And, you know, people are just going absolutely insane. Uh, I had to end the stream before, before you know, people started throwing rails of cocaine off the table and going absolutely crazy, <laughs> which, by, by the way, I don't do any drugs ever. But yes, the, other and people do, and not only I, I don't does, have a problem with it. I, I, want, I, want, I want people to know, not only has Chad never done one drug in his life, he very seldom drinks, and this guy can party with the best of them without ever drinking or doing anything. And uh, you can tell the listeners, you know, why you don't party. And like we were talking last night and just give them a kind of an insight of, of why. Uh, well, I just had drugs kind of like ran in my family and my dad did a lot of drugs and kind of like basically like ruined our family with like being an alcoholic and, and being, really into drugs so Mm -hmm. i saw that example set and instead of following in his footsteps i just saw the kind of person i didn't want to be and decided i'd take a different path in life so that really kind of scared me off of drinking at all for a long time and and doing any drugs there's some people that can that can try drugs they can smoke weed they can drink alcohol they can do all that and you know and be fine right you know, and they're not, they're never going to have a problem with that. They can responsibly drink. Right. You know, I can responsibly right. drink, you know, at this point in my life. But then everyone else knows the other people who they can't responsibly drink. You know, yeah. if they have one drink, that one drink turns into 25 and they're just a complete train wreck. That's, so, that's, that's me I never, when I, I make a sports bet. <laughs> with drugs for me. Yeah, that's me when I make a sports bet. It's like, I can control mm. it. Let me just bet a dime on the game and then I win. Oh, I think I could control. Let me yeah. bet another dime on a game, and six months later, it's twenty thousand a game, and I'm broke again. Oh, I call it twenty thousand a game, and it's every single game on the spread. Every game, yeah. So it's and I call it an alcoholic. Like me, sports betting is like an alcoholic. You know, taking one drink. So 
I finally am done with it, and uh, and I know a lot of people don't believe it, but I I really am, and uh, you've seen that when you guys have made bets. Matter of fact, um, we were all together in Florida about six weeks ago, and uh, I gave them my ten star lock of the week, and uh, <laughs> it lost forty nine to ten, and then for the next three days they kept they everybody asked me what my pick was and i gave them like the next three games and they all bet triple against the other them. side <laughs> and we went i went oh for three but it was like you said it was all of us together we had this vibe so it was great now with that said i'm we all know i'm not the greatest sports better in the world but uh Everybody decided that they would call me every single bet. Who do you like tonight, Mike? And go opposite, and then I, I reeled off like five in a row, and and you hit it right on the nose. You're like, you can't be fading. It was all about the energy we all had together, the group of us in Florida, which made it really, really fun. You know, so. I told them they couldn't ask you for the pick. You know, once you're asking and you're expecting the fade, then you're yes. just going to hit winners. Right. You know, you have to just let it be organic. Right, like just like, take the ten stars as they come. You can't beg for them. Like I've been saying all, all for the last three days, with nobody asking me, if I was the old Mike, I'm like, I'm I'm twenty thousand on Clemson today, you know, uh, and then the, I called a couple sharps today because the boys wanted to know who they like, who he liked, and. Uh, and he was on Ohio State. So now that really makes the bet even stronger because now you got a sharp against me who really all like like loves Clemson. So it's going to be interesting to find out what this result is and then people when they're listening yeah. to this podcast can laugh a little bit. So um so going away right. a little, back, little bit from that. Yeah, back back to some of these private game stories. So Yes. I had I had one game where we had it was built around a, uh, a super top A list celebrity wanted to come in wanted to fire his agent set the game up with me he goes oh you know you know don't make the game too big you know maybe just like a, a 50k buy in mm-hmm. I'm like all right great the guy gets there we play for a little bit everyone's having fun he goes yeah fellas fellas let's kick it up. Uh, oh, everybody wants to kick it buys in at least a hundred. You know, next thing you know, if it's, everyone's got at least a hundred. Then they've all got two hundred. People are sitting with half a million, eight hundred thousand on the table. We kick the game up from uh, one hundred, two hundred, which is what we started. One hundred, two hundred fifty k mm-hmm. buy-in to the game got as big as one thousand, two thousand, four thousand. Oh my god! <laughs> and we and we even had one hand. There was not not the a lister. Another guy had in the game. Mm-hmm. He, he was uh, telling someone, he goes, oh, put the 8,000 on, put the 8,000 on. The guy's like, oh. And the, the guy he was uh, trying to get to put the 8,000 on, his name's Sean Daniels. He's, he's a pro. Mm-hmm. He goes, and Sean is, is you know, he's no bitch. Right. <laughs> he will put the straddle on. But 8,000 was a bit much. <laughs> Dude, that's he a goes, lot. Oh, I don't know. That's a bit much. And the guy goes, I'll pay half. And Sean goes, all right, if you're paying half, yeah, so Sean absolutely. puts the eight on. The other guy instantly puts the 16,000 on. Oh, my God. Biggest, like, oh, uh, he was the sickest. So it was the biggest uh, blinds like I've ever played. And who, and and who won the pot? How, how, do you remember how the hand ended up winding up? Yeah, Sean and I ended up shopping. I picked up pocket fours 
Okay. And I I just open ripped like it, it folds around to me and I'm in the four thousand. Right. And I just open ripped like fifty. I don't know or more. No, no, maybe like four hundred thousand. Oh, uh, baby you know. doll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. But, and then, so um, all you Sean had to... calls. Uh, yeah. Sean calls a queen six suited. <laughs> wow. And then the other guy folds, and then we run it twice and chop. So. So, wow. I, I mean, I knew you've played big, but I, I never knew you had played that big before. I mean, I mean that's... that's like super big, and that was one time ever I played that right. big. But that was monstrous. You know, um, I've had uh, there's, there's a mutual friend of ours who mm-hmm. likes to play big and likes to play really crazy, uh, and I've seen him go off. His name is it. His name could, could could be Casey Thompson. Is it? It could be Casey Thompson. <laughs> I've seen him. I've seen him go off for. We've played twenty five fifty. I've seen him lose a million five in a twenty five fifty game. Oh my God. A million five in a twenty five fifty game. We played me, him. I don't want to name the other people. In the game right, the case, you but uh, you know, just a few weeks ago, he gets in the. He's in the game for a million. It was a ten k buy in twenty five fifty game. And you know he's just raising to two thousand every hand. This is the one I was I was streaming. You know I'm. He's raises to two thousand and he never folds. So I get like jacks or something. I'm just like, all right, well I'm all in for one hundred twenty thousand. Right. And he's just like, call queen six offsuit. Oh, like, oh, this is the game that Cantu was in. He told me about this. That's the this one. He said, sick Casey, he said right. Casey just put 85000 in with Queen 6 off pre-flop. Hold on. This is how sick Casey is. It's not even that game. That game happened too. <laughs> <laughs> this is even that game that I'm talking That's how sick this guy is. So we, uh, you know, we, we put in just insane amounts. We had one hand. We, we got it all in. Eight, my ace nine versus king nine. Right. We, we run it out. I win. It was for we. It was for fifty k. He had fifty k. I stack him. Mm-hmm. After the hand plays out, he goes, "Let's run it again for another twenty five thousand." No, I'm like, wait. You mean like I'm t- I'm taking the whole hundred k pot? You want to do another side bet of twenty five thousand with the yeah. three like, outs? I'll, I'll let you. I'll let yeah with three outs. King nine versus ace nine suited. King nine off suit. I said, right. All right, I'll give you two to one. I felt bad just taking straight. Yeah, up. yeah that's he said, fair. He just had a good feeling. Yeah. So we run it out the next board. Neither one of us on the first two boards, neither one of us has hit a pair. Mm-hmm. And, and I win the second board. He goes, all right, let's do it again. <laughs> second board comes out. Our third board comes out. Excuse me. I make a flush. <laughs> he still haven't hit an ace. He goes, let's do it again. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this guy's nuts. We do it again. I hit an ace. <laughs> you know, I, I win again. I'm like, man, this guy's crazy. Maybe- let's do it again. Give me three to one. I said, no, no, two, two to one's good. And we eventually, we just ran it out. I think it, I can't remember, it's like six or seven times until he finally won one. And maybe then, maybe after hearing that out. story, maybe we should re-invite him on our little trip that we were going to invite him on. You know, man. Oh, he's on. He's, uh, yeah, he's, but, I'm pretty sure he's coming. He, he's at least going to try to yeah. change his schedule around to come. I want him to come. He's I, Listen, I, for people that don't know, Casey Thompson is a very nice guy, person. He's a lunatic. He gets, he run, he's in and out of five million every other week. 
I, I think that's about fair. Maybe three million every other week. So with Casey, um, again, I nothing. I have n- nothing bad to say about him except for the pack. Sometimes he plays and goes off for five hundred and only has like three, and it sometimes will take six months or a year to get the other two hundred. So other than that, you know, uh, that's what rich people do. They they just don't like to pay. <laughs> It's just, why is that? Why do rich people not like to pay? I'll never understand. I don't know, man. It's it's like that with all of them. I know. Michael I, I played in a game in L.A., and you know L.A. has, like, all the girls at the games? Correct, yeah. So I, I, I've played in a game in L.A. where there was a guy, uh, you know, some girl comes up and she's giving a massage or something. He's like, he goes, oh, hold on, stop for a second. He, and he's take a step back. She takes a step back. He looks her up and down. And he goes, you know what? That's a really nice dress. Yeah. I would love to buy that dress off of you right now. How much? <laughs> she goes, what, are you serious? He goes, yeah. She says, $2,000. He gives her 2000 The girl just gets naked on the spot. Wow. This is just right in front of the whole table. You know, gorgeous girl, too. Wow. That's what private game life is like. Yeah. I mean, I used to play in private games. We had the we had topless dealers and, you know, a lot of girls running around. But I haven't. Because I've been down and out for a while, I never, I haven't been to the um, Chad Power games. But me and Chad are good friends now, and I got an invite. <laughs> Yahoo! Mikey's gonna it's, have it's, a lot I mean, of money. Don't expect, uh, don't expect the topless dealer or the topless bottle girls or anything crazy like that. But the game yeah. will be fun. No, the game will be good. And uh, you know, the thing is, is um, you know, I've been saying for a while to everybody, it, it's really tough to make a living in a casino. It really is all about getting into the private games. And, you know, um, how to, tell everyone how you kind of became the organizer, of, I mean, of these games. Because I met you in Washington two years ago and uh, uh, Helmuth had said, oh, I got a friend, Chad, hooking us up this really good game and well i mean you didn't disappoint i'm like this guy chad's amazing i'm like how many <laughs> games does he get like this and then and now that we've become pretty good friends i'm re- i'm realizing that game was a piece of shit compared to what the games you've been putting together <laughs> yeah i i put i put together some bangers for sure so yeah. basically i, I kind of had like a progression of going through poker so you know, when I first started, I, I just learned how to play and learned how to get better. And then mm-hmm. I realized, wow, poker's really a grind. You know, you have to, because yeah, uh, I'm tough. playing one, two, two, five. I mean, you just have to play ABC. There's not room to do anything really advanced. You just have right. to wait for the hand, you know, bet it and, and win. Right. So I'm like, man, this is really a grind. It would be really great if I had like 10 of me to play at all these tables, I can make so much more money. And I said, oh, you know what? I'll just teach people how to play and stake them. Right. So I started doing that initially. Right. And then, you know, I, I rose past two five. I'm playing the bigger game now. Now there's only one table. Staking is whatever. I still did it for the smaller stakes. But now it became, um, oh, with these bigger games, it's all very good players mm-hmm. who, you know, generally aren't the most fun people in the world to play with. They're I miserable mean, fucks. If you watch like... Yeah, if you watch the super high roller, I mean, personally, if you watch the super high roller bowl or something like that, these guys take so long to act. They stare you down. They're, you know, just, they don't say a word. To me, they're not entertaining. To some people who just like to watch, like, 
whatever. I, I don't get it personally. Yeah, so. and the, and that's the thing that going around. They they have a gripe. Why aren't they on poker after dark? Why aren't they there? Whatever. And and nobody wants to watch a bunch of robots take forever. I mean, like, and then they do it with hands. They're they're it, that is like an auto fold. Like take a it's a three second auto fold, and then they'll take thirty seconds. Like, like for what reason? I'll never understand it. It's like if everyone, what's the Neither. difference if you take 45 seconds or a minute to act on your hand, every hand, or you just take 10 seconds to act, but you do it consistently. Isn't it the same exact fucking thing? Right. Yeah, as long say, as you do it consistently, yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, so, I, never, I never understood that. So anyways, then I start playing these bigger games. I'm like, oh, you know, a lot of these people are terrible to play with. And I, and I don't like playing with them. And then the people who are losing money in the game, they don't like playing with them either. But they right. like playing with me. And I'm like, right. why are these guys at the table? So I just started networking with, you know, uh, the players who were good for the game. Mm-hmm. You know, be that other pros who were just good action. Because right. eventually when you get to higher stakes, the player pool is very small. You don't have to care about the game. You don't have to care about your etiquette and stuff when you're playing lower stakes because right. there's always going to be a 1-3 game. There's always going to be a 2-5 game. Right. When you get to like 10 quarter and stuff like that, there's not always a game. You really have to take care of your player pool, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these guys don't get the customer service aspect of poker when you get to high stakes. You know, it's, it's part of your job to, I mean – the people who are losing in the game are generally people who just crushed life. They, right. they just went out and did some business, did whatever, yeah. have a bunch of money. They're literally losing money to you for fun. I tell That's people well this all did. the time. I'm like, do you understand that I love when they say, oh, we got this guy in the game. He's the worst, blah, 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 blah. And then they're, they're whispering behind. I'm just like, dude, I don't give a fuck. I'll trade sp- places with that guy any day of the week because if he could blast off 100k and laugh with everybody that guy's got a lot more money than any of you motherfuckers will ever have i say it all the time that's one of my you know thing i like to say and you know very there's all very few pros get into these juicy private games you know i get into them because yeah, I might play tight, but I make everyone laugh. And if I start talking too much and I get annoying, I'll I'll get a text from Chad or Phil or somebody saying you're annoying. You're talking too much. You're, you're annoying that guy <laughs> well, or something. Yeah, you just you have to find out where you add value. Right. So that's that's all these games are about. So I, I you know I'm good action and I'm. You know, I'm fucking hilarious, so that's all my value. And I organize, so you can't uninvite me anyway. It's my game. Right. <laughs> but I, I saw all these players who are bad for the game. I'm like, look, we can weed them out. They just see the, the players who lose money as just spots. They're just, they want to bleed them dry and leave. And they're not trying to add any value to the game. They're right. not trying to think of longevity or anything like that. Right. So I, I realized this is around the time, like, actually, it's before GTO is like a big thing. Right. But I realized more important than becoming a, a good poker player was getting good at networking. Yes. So I just started working on, on you know, my network of players and, and networking in general, made a bunch of contacts, started organizing games. And then all of a sudden, uh, I'm having these great games. I'm just, you know, yeah. texting people, hey, do you want to play on Sunday at this time? I'm going to organize a game. It's people who want to play anyways. And 
that just took off. And once you have a really good game, other people want to play in it. And I get a lot of hate. Like the the people who aren't invited to the game, they just all hate me. Yeah. You know, and that's that's fine. I'm not I'm not doing it to be friends. You know, I'm I'm going to work to make money. Right. And so, th- and look at the games we've played in. Right. Every, win or lose, like all the people we've like I've played in like three private games with you probably in the last month. We have had the most fun. I mean, even yeah. la- last night when we played, you were a 100K loser. And all you have to do is look at it to go to Chad Power's Instagram when he jumped, when he jumped up on the table and did the Kung <laughs> Fu fucking thing. I mean, this guy's a 100K loser. So, I mean, honestly. Which, which, by the way, I, I did make a comeback and I did win last night. Yes, he but did. I was stuck. I was stuck over 100,000 at one point in a 50, 100 game. Right. And, um, you know, uh, I always, because I'm being really careful now to try and not go broke, I, I know the game is big, so I sold half to my boy Chad, and uh, I don't want to name it what I won, but I put a little chunk into Chad's pocket, and uh, it was an all-around good night. Um, it was an interest, a weird night, interesting night. Like, so many strange things happened, but... Uh, it was it was it was fun, you know. So, uh, but uh, for people out there, I just want you guys to know this: Chad Power is really a lot like me. We're a lot about being around high character people. We talk about this all the time, and you know, yeah, we, could you, do you want to play with this guy that's going to give a hundred k away every time he loses a pot? throws the cards miserable t- talks about how unlucky all that does is ruin the the for all the, the people the atmosphere for everyone else who when they lose 50 or 100 it doesn't even phase them they're just they just want to have a good time and chad tries to show him a good time i try and show him a good time and listen say what you want phil Helmuth is the most fun to play with because the, the thing is is yeah could he, he sometimes plays really bad or whatever, but he also, when he's playing good, he's playing tight. Like nobody will that, that plays that tight gets more action than he does because they just want to beat him so bad. And that's what he brings to the oh. table. Am I right? No, no one gets to play in these big games that he plays in and not straddle and not give action and get away with it except for Phil. Right. It's just part of, part of his brand. You know, he just gets to be a brat and, and do what he wants and, you know, it's just it feels the enter, the most of the entertainment from Phil is it just feels so damn good to beat him. Right. And win that Phil Helmuth money. And they don't you know, even, even care. Even, I, I feel it even outside of poker, even when he just loses credit card roulette at dinner. Just it, the meal tastes oh. extra sweet. When we beat him at credit card roulette in that two thousand dollar dinner in Florida. Oh my God! I felt like I oh. fucking came in my pants, dude. It was it was so <laughs> oh, beautiful. It was so oh, beautiful, you know. And the thing is, is and and and, the, and and people do go out of their way to to beat Phil because they. It's just the the people that the games you set up is people trying to have fun, and if they could just say, "I fucking beat Phil Helmuth," and he yeah, act, what's he more went fun crazy, and more memorable than than bad beating Phil, and watching him go into a tra- tantrum of, "Do you know who I am? Yeah. Do you know? Do you gonna?" And the thing is, is 
people out there that, that, that think that that's an act, it's not. This is what Bill, how he is. No, like, that is not an act at all. Like, like in his own mind, he truly, truly, truly believes he's the greatest no-limit hold'em player in the world. Now, he used to be, but the game has evolved. And um, like I, I, I tell people, I have no problems telling people, I, I was top three players in the world, maybe the best back in 2000, 2005. And now the game has changed a lot. I feel I'm good, but I, I, I'm, I'm working on with somebody uh, with GTO, with the GTO thing, uh, starting the first of the year, like we're gonna work like two hours a day, five days a week. And what's it gonna do? All, I, I'm always a field player. I'll always be a field player. You're a field player. But I think it's important to understand what these top players are doing. So this way, you you know kind of where you're at by how how they play their hands in certain ways. And it's just going to allow me to play a lot more hands. Now, you already play a lot more hands. I used to play, you know, if you ask Phil, ask him who he feared the most from 2000 to 2006, and then ask anybody back in the day who was the most aggressive poker player they had ever played with. So you got me now, Mike the Knit, and me, Pre two thousand six, the most aggressive player in poker. So they say Sean Deeb is the most aggressive, plays more hands than anybody, most aggressive player in poker. Well, I used to play probably twice as many as he does. <laughs> now I'm Mike the Knit, but it's okay to be Mike the Knit because I I use my image well, uh, especially when I'm get out in front and I. I mix it up. I mean, Mike the Nick got Chad Powers to fold second set, which he's never done in his life. <laughs> you know, never so, again. No, in that spot there. If I'm playing like that, I, hopefully, God willing, please God, I won't be hurting financially that bad where I have to play super tight because I'm kind of playing scared money or whatever. But uh, as long as I can play and and feel comfortable, I'm going to play. You know, and that's and that's it. I love how open and honest you are with that, by the way, because most people, especially in your position with your Mm -hmm. level of, you know, poker celebrity, Mm -hmm. they're not going to admit to being broke. And you don't even hesitate. And you're always so open and honest about everything. I love that. Well, that that's what people that listen to my show like the most is because I I just listen. I didn't go broke playing poker. Anybody out there that believes that are living in a fantasy world. I went broke. I lost 6.7 million betting sports, okay? I went through 4.2 million staking people who, I mean, nobody ever won for me yet. And then when things were bad and I had people staking me, I won like three point, let's see, 1.8 with, uh, no, more 2 million, 2.4. I won 4.2 million for people staking me so uh you know and then i got sick and i it was really you know for people out there that have never played big um i don't know if you've ever moved all the way up high had a losing streak and had to drop down it's very very mentally hard because i played 400 800 mix for 19 years and now all of a sudden the full tilt thing happens. Then this guy stakes me. I win 1.3 million for him, but 
I had to, during the whole time, I had to live off of, I had to pay everybody back that, that kept me alive for like a year and a half. Um, and so they came first and the, so everything I won, I just paid out to people and I'd keep like 10 grand a month to pay bills. And the guy was staking me, he said, oh, don't worry, Mike, I got a million behind you. You'll always be in action. So I, I went and bought a new car, everything was good. A year later, uh, he I find he tells me I, I have no money to stake you. Find out six months later, he st- he staked a famous pro, which I told him not to do, uh, and lost him and his partner lost two point four million. So all the money I made, he gave away to a guy I told him not to stake. So you know that that just happens. And uh, uh, but I I mean like literally, the, I know that I, I'm probably running above EV, but probably the last 50 sessions i played i've won 47 you know and uh but i but it's it's it also is about game selection it's about putting like like playing in games like we played in last night you know that was the for, for the first hour and a half that was an amazing game for the first hour at least you know, yeah, I play in. I play in. I mean, my hourly is huge. I've only played this whole year. I've only played maybe five hundred hours. I have my exact math. It's around five hundred. Yeah, but I'm. I make over three thousand an hour. Three thousand. I only play in good games. And and and, and listen to you guys. That's three thousand an hour. And your average game you playing is probably not higher than fifty and a hundred, right? Maybe hundred two once in a while. Yeah, I, I play. I mean, averages. I don't play smaller than fifty or hundred, really. I mean, right. maybe I play quarter fifty if the game's really good. But right. for the most part, I don't. I don't play smaller than fifty-one. Right. Yeah. But yeah, but I don't really play bigger than like one, two. But if, uh, all these games we're saying like fifty-one. It's always a really big fifty-one, or it's always a really big right. one-two. Yeah. You know, the one night we were playing, you know, one-two-four. At one point, it's one-two-four-eight for a while. You know, for a couple rounds, it's one-two-four-eight-sixteen. So they're they're big. Yeah, I mean, it's a one-two game. I think I, I put in the sick bluff on on my friend Tony. I mm-hmm. ended up betting two hundred seventy-five thousand on the river. This is a one-two game. Wow. I'm putting in, I'm putting in, you know, just piles and piles of big blinds on the river. And that's why you oh, get. Yeah, that's why you get invited. Well, that's not if you usually run your own game, but if you're not, that's why they 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 think you're action, but. They, the thing I want people to know about you, and I, this is a very big compliment because everybody knows that I, I'll, I'll call people's weaknesses out. I'll tell people who suck, who's good. Chad Power <laughs> literally is the best gear changer in a cash game I've ever played with. He can play 90% of the hands, and then you, he don't, I watch him go an hour and a half not play a hand when he sees the dynamic of the game change a little bit. And that is a sign of a great poker player, you know? It's like, you compare that to, let's just say, and this is, again, not what not knocking on Phil or nothing, but he's in the 500 and 1,000 game, and on day one, he's getting, he's three betting, and and uh, Rick Solomon's calling him with all kinds of dog shit and calling him down and down. He like he gives him two hundred k like with two kings like t- twenty minutes into the show, and then about two hours in, he's like re raising and Rick's like fought, fought. He goes and then Phil's got this big hand. And he's like, "Why are you cleaning every hand now? You fold." He goes, 
well, I've seen you play two hands, kings and ace king. <laughs> like, why? Well, I'm not going to give you action. And that's the difference of balance, where you're you will give enough action consistently to where they are going to give you action back. I mean, Rick Solomon's one of the biggest winners in 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 Hold'em. Yet you say, yeah, you say you want to play with him every day because you have no fear, which is great. But if you watch everybody else that plays with him, he's calling these ridiculous re-raises against super tight players. And then like he'll float them for 60, 70 on the flop with nothing. Knowing these guys that are playing with two, 300,000, Will won't won't fire that second bullet because he knows they're playing on money on which means something to them, where it means nothing yeah. to Rick or it means nothing to you, which is good. Okay, it's really good for me to, as a, to be great in poker. You have to have absolutely no care of money in the world. But um, hold on, it's you know I my whole life I played like that, not giving a fuck right money didn't matter i fucking zipped it in there no fear they they used to call them mike mattisto blow-ups you know like i would go with my read if i was wrong uh, you know it was a mike mattisto blow-up and i'll never forget this guy he had so much respect for me and uh i raised he three bet i called at a seven of diamonds and i know he was like scared to death of me just back during my aggressive days and uh flop came came like a eight four deuce or something and i checked he bet i raised him like a little more than min he like re-raised and i just jammed right like all my chips in the tournament and uh he's tanking for like three minutes and he finally calls he had two aces <laughs> But that's like how I used to play. Like, you know, we're talking about like you have just jamming. I mean, I used to play like that. But, you know, um, what what's good and bad is, is like, yeah, I've been through more things in life than probably any human could ever imagine, you know. And then when things really got rock bottom after my injury, um, it just, I learned when I, when I was, not able to leave the house and you know i went through all my money like twenty thousand a month in bills for like a year and a half and then i had to sell my house and lower my bills and everything you know uh and i was still on it and i had nothing i was unable to work and a lot of people wouldn't stake me because they they knew i was taking a lot of meds because of all the pain i was in and they were worried that i might not play well but you know, even with the pain I was in, I was able to play, but not. I'm back playing. I think at a really elite level. Um, uh, when, but you know what else? When I could play in tough games and outplay people and grind, or I could get in games that the world famous Austin Chad Power invites me to, where I could just play <laughs> ABC and get paid. Those games are just so much more fun. You know, where you don't have to focus on what people are doing, you know? It's nice It's nice to go to work and have fun. Yeah, it and is. Like, I, I know you're saying you're studying all the GTO stuff. I yeah. don't want to do that. I don't even want to, like, I, I, part of being really good at poker to me is right. networking, is having fun. No, is, it is. is. getting yourself into games that you're going to make the most money in. Yeah. It, would I beat, would I beat, like, one of the best players in the world at head? 
heads up, absolutely not. Right. Do I consider myself a better player than him? I mean, maybe if, yeah. if all he can do is is play other top people for high stakes, and I get to play people who are going to lose way more money, and I'm making well, more money than him. That's like yeah. I'm, I mean, I guess I guess listen, I'm a better player because at the end of the day, I, all I care about is making money. That's it. And one of the things, and it took me a lot of years to learn this. I from ni- the day I turned pro in 1996, then when I learned all the mixed games and. When I got good at No Limit, first I did so much studying. Uh, like I never, even though I was pro in 1996, I never played the main event till 1999 or a No Limit tournament. I wanted to make sure I was ready because I was a, a limit holding player. I probably wanted the top three in the world. And I, I people will watch me if they watch when Stu Unger won his third main event. I was out. That was did it outside. On, on Fremont Street and, and back then it was like the first week of May and they had a 110 degree heat wave but I didn't move. I watched that entire final table from start to finish and then I got a lot of tips from really people that a lot of people don't respect a poker. Eskimo Clark, he's no, he passed away like a year and a half ago but like he taught me how to pick up dead money. You know, he like all the little secrets of, of when to three bet or you know, when to come after somebody. Like if, if somebody loses a big pot and they raise the next hand, you just always three bet them, you know? And right before the last hand before the break, you would always open on the break because everybody was rushing to get the break and you pick up that dead money. Now, yeah. all those secrets are all out now, so it doesn't, I don't even do those anymore. But th- this really like honed my, my no limit tournament game a lot. So, um, it just like, a, and he would always say, uh, you know, if you if you three bet, back then you remember, if, if people three bet, it wasn't like nowadays, you know, like if they three bet, it was like ace, queen, ace, king. And if they four bet, it was aces or kings 100% of the time. So, uh, you know, you got, he used to not be called three betting and four betting either. It was always coming over the top. Right, right. Correct. And so, so like he, he really taught me how to pick up dead money. And once I learned how to pick up dead money, um, I, I just dominated and nobody else knew. And I tell people all the time, like when people were teaching poker, I used to say, though I, I blame card runners so much. I brought it up so much how they destroyed poker because they could just teach everybody every single thing they wanted except for one thing and that was bet sizing whenever people like bet the way they raised like it was three x two and a half x if they had ace king it was five four and a half x or whatever it was so the way whatever amount of chips they put in or the way they put it in i i knew what their card their two cards were every time so like i would call these huge raises with four six suited knowing if an ace king or a queen don't come the guy bets i'm just gonna jam and pick up the pot and i was i was always right it was i i know for the people like listening that they're like wow that's how poker used to be played i'm like it was just there was me phil lane flack carlos mortensen daniel uh ivy came afterwards but uh these are the uh, there was like five of us that just dominated in night in 2000 2001 it was just 
we we were at oh Huck Seed. Um, we were like at the final two tables of every no limit tournament, whether it was 200, 300 people, it didn't make a difference. It was, we were just ahead of the curve, you know, and I'll never forget. I raised an entire orbit. This was the first final table I made in 2001. And, uh, I raised my sections bet under, I raised under the gun. This was the ninth consecutive hand I raised. I had seven deuce offseat. Everybody folded and came back to Mike. He's like, Jesus Christ, what kind of card rush are you on? I'm like, how big is this hand? Now you're raising under the gun, and I'm just, I'm like, I mean, Mike, you know I got it. What, you want to see it? You know? And he folds, and I just fold. You know, I just, that's how poker was. And then I remember, uh, again, this Phil, Helmet, Phil made the final table in 2001 main event also. So I, I, I had walking chips because I always had a stack. I'm like, let me see how Phil's doing, right? And again, me and Phil were acquaintances. Now we're really close friends. So I walk over to Phil, and I just watch like an orbit. He raised literally nine out of the ten hands. I'm like, okay, Phil's playing like I am, so I'm doing the right thing. You know, so that, that's kind of like how poker was. And, and I really believe that they, if nobody ever was taught bet sizing – Poker just was so easy, you know. It's I even even the you know the famous hand against Raymer in two thousand four. It's like when Raymer three bet and he put on his glasses and he stared at you. It was ace jack or ace queen, right? If he put on his glasses and he tilted his head down, it was aces kings or queens. So. He kept coming after me, and he th- that, that, that was deep, that was right. I, I tell people the story, but you know, I was got set up, and I was going to jail in two months, and nobody knew it. So I was like playing for my life, when, and I was ship leader with eighty four people to go, and Raymer was in third, and uh, he three bets me really big, and he puts his glasses on and looked right at me. I said. He's a hundred percent got ace jack. There's not a doubt in my mind, and and it's something that nobody really they don't really show on ESPN. I call like a ten x raise with seven nine of spades, expecting to just pick up the pot, you know, when if it comes no ace or jack. So the flop comes ten nine deuce with two diamonds. And he goes, I'm all. Uh, I remember he's got ace yeah. jack. Yeah, he's got ace jack of diamonds. And, I and, and all I kept, all the, you know, they don't really show, but I'm like, I, I'm not doing what had happened in, to Carlos in 2001 when I knew he had nothing. And when he five bet me, and nobody, people don't realize nobody ever five bet back in the day except somebody like Carlos or a Phil. And I had a tell on Carlos. I, I've told this story many a times where Carlos would push his chips out forward when he had a big hand, and he would like lift his arm out and drop the chips in when he was weak. And so I ended up four-betting them with ace-deuce of diamonds and leaving me 600000 behind, and then he five-bet shoves on me, and I... The, I was I snap I was snap I snap calling them the pot the, uh, the 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 chips were all the way in the pot and halfway in as they're going forward I stopped for a second I pulled back and I said what if you're wrong can you imagine getting five bet like in this day and age like we're a five bet like even now a five bet like aces or kings because people have got smartened up and having like stacking off with ace deuce and going broke sixth. 
I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I know I'm right. And then I go to push him out again. And again, I stopped. And I was like, well, fuck, I still have like 50 big blinds here. I talk myself out of calling. And he shows Queen Adolf suit to everyone in the stands. And I just fucking just, just, just die inside. Now, I don't have to win that pot, you know. I'm 54%. But I, went, I finished sixth anyways. So if I just call, which... I literally, the chips were in the pot three times. If I just call and somehow I hold, I have 95% of the chips instead of him having 80% of the chips and the tournament's over. So, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but I've told people many times, I literally, because back then I started playing in 96 and the only thing on my mind was winning the World Series poker. That's all I worked at, that's the only thing I strive for. It, I, I lived and breathed it 24-7. And they used to, back then there was one no-limit tournament a year, maybe two, one at the Hall of Fame and one in the main event. And then in the in 99, they would have, they had a 3,500 and a 10K. And uh, I won the 3,500. That was the very first no-limit tournament I played. And uh, the 10K, uh, you know, it happened in 2001, but... Uh, yeah, if I wouldn't have finished sixth, I would have never, it wouldn't have bothered me so much. Like it, it, well, it did bother, I mean, just like, I just knew it. I, I saw that I had this tell, like it was the greatest thing. Can you imagine being able to have a tell on the most aggressive player at the table? You don't have to ever watch another person, right? If you raise somebody three yeah. bets, you just fold. All you have to do is watch the most aggressive player at the table. And that's what I did. And and so going back to 2004, I know I saw the same thing with Raymer and he moved all in. And, I, and, I, and I, they don't they show it very little, but I was like, I took about three and a half, four minutes. And I was like, please, God, don't let me be wrong. Please, God, don't let me be wrong. I'm not fucking folding like I did to Carlos. And I go, I know you have ace jack. I just know it. And I call and the mother, I wasn't even thinking about ace jack of diamonds. You know, I saw it ace jack of diamonds roll off where I know I'm a small dog flip fucking diamond rolled right off on the turn and Raymer won the world series instead of me so um, you know it's uh, it's a whole different world now you don't get to pick up the dead money picking on people with bet sizing uh, it's become more of a different type of game but I'm like you dude I play all feel you know and I believe that I just want to learn it just to understand what other people are thinking. I don't think there's any way I put much of it into my game because I, why change something that's so successful that I'm still able to compete at a high level with? You know what I'm saying? But I think it's important to learn. With, with me, it's like with yeah. me, it's like drugs. Like I want to stay away from drugs just in case I like them, and and I don't want to. I don't want to like them. I don't right. want to. I don't want to get into GTO. What if I turn into one of the, you know. Yeah super high roller right knit tank box and i'm like oh my gosh what if i turned into that because i have so much to think about now no yeah. i like i like where i'm at just fine yeah and the thing is is i don't back then in, in early 2000s i i wanted to be the best player in the world i wanted people to think i'm like the first or second best player in the world but as i i grew up and and went through what i've been through it's it's like not important to me at all but I think for a person like Phil, who wants to go down as the greatest player of all time, 
I think if he would just suck up his ego and learn what these because especially applying him in tournaments, you know what I'm saying? I think because Phil is one of the best card readers in the world, and if you and if he's able to get fundamentally sound, I, I really don't know if anybody could beat him. But I'm, you know, what the I have nothing to lose. I mean, I, I I'm not gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna study it all, see if it makes me feel like I'm playing better. But when I when I play in these tournaments and I get in these zones. And I'm focused. I, I know where I'm at in every hand. Like I, I tell people, I, I played, there was uh, the guy, Darren Elias, I played with. He finished like third in the LAPC. And uh, I forgot the camp, something. Man, him and I have played a lot of cash together. Yeah. I don't think anyone's owned me as hard as he has. He's won so much money off of me. It's crazy. Well, I mean, he's a great instinct player and he plays GTO. You know, he's very funnily sound. Yeah, he, he's he good works. action too. Yeah, he works hard at his game, and uh, and the other one I that I played with was James Campbell. He finished seventh. Those were the only two I played with in five days that I felt played better than me. The rest of them, I was I felt I was as good at and maybe better than. And I hadn't played a no limit tournament in two years. So you know, if, if I start playing no limit every day, which I'm going to start playing uh, in the world famous Chad Power games, uh, I think I'm just really mm-hmm. gonna get back in that zone like even after the world series when i was playing those cash games i was playing in the zone i just you know poker's a game yeah it's like riding a bike but to really play at the high level you have to be you have to agree with me you have to probably be putting in the hours or playing in games like like you have to put together where you don't really have to yeah, dude. I honestly, no, I, I mean, it's like anything else. If you want to be really good, you got to put in a lot of hours, and I've put in tons of hours. I had two years of my life where I literally did nothing but, you know, play mm-hmm. poker and study poker. Two whole years, all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I took a day off. I lived, I lived inside the Borgata for eight months. Literally, never left it one time. I just played every day. From 1996 to 2006. Not counting the six months I had to go to jail, I put in sixteen-hour days, seven days a week. I mean, it, I just lived yeah. and breathed poker because it wasn't about the fact that, it, like, now you show up and you're like, "Am hey, I hope I run good? I hope you know I, I want to win, whatever." Back then, it was it was it was sixteen. It was not about was I gonna I was gonna win. It was just a matter about how much, and, and that's. I mean, a lot of times I played in games where where you had to play nitty or you and or you had to play you had to mix it up. But I was always uh, once I learned all the mixed games, I was just so good at at horse and stuff. I was able to just always win. And and what happened was is I I, I started learning mixed games because from '96 through '98. The first three years, I played only limit hold'em. I was—I don't know if I was the best limit hold'em player in the world, but I was top three. There was probably—I mean, I could name the top five. There was there was me, a guy named Mickey, Todd Brunson, Jennifer Harmon, uh, and this Asian kid in L.A. And I mean, it, it's tough to say who was the best, but we were all pretty equal. And I just got. To, it got like you, you know how you say a lot of times you, when you have to play when you have to play really tight because the game's kind of nitty or whatever that you get bored. Well, I got bored of playing limit hold'em. I literally won one time, 
53 out of 54 sessions. And like the days that I would, like I would run bad, I would break even because I would steal so much money because it was just so easy to steal back then. That's how I was when I played two five. Right. Like even when I ran bad, I wasn't losing. Yeah. 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 It was like I could have the, I could run the worst day ever. And sometimes I'd have to play for like 20 hours, but I'd get out. You know what I'm saying? And, but I, that was also one of my biggest problems because I got so used to doing that and winning that when the game changed a lot and I got a little bit older, playing those long hours started backfiring on me a lot. You know, so one thing I've learned is from my injury and stuff, like everything's a learning process, is to, you know, I can't put in the long hours anymore. Maybe I could do it twice a year, but. I, I I pay for it. I mean, you're still young. You're 31. Uh, you, dude, it wrecks me for the week. Right, it will. All week, if I pull like an all-nighter or something, I'm messed up all week. I'm, I'm just groggy right. constantly. Right. Now imagine, okay, like some of the people we play with that you've seen that just suck Adderall pills like they're, like they're jelly beans. Um, and, and they're able to, and they start to play for like, a couple days straight or whatever, but they'll play at a high level and then they'll get start to get tired and that high level that they think they're still playing at is is not there because you can't one thing I know about Adderall, you can't it you need it it's really important when you, if you have to take it. I have to take it because of my stupid ass XC use for two years, so it kind of fucked up my focus. But uh, the one thing I learned about Adderall is, is is you have to eat at the right time. You have to be on a schedule, and you have to get sleep. If you don't get sleep, Adderall just not just doesn't work right. But uh, you know, uh, people think that hey, I can just keep popping Adderall and stay at this high level, and uh, you know, you end up taking. They, trust me when I tell you, it catches. You've seen it. You've seen. You played enough with these people to see what any drugs. If you there's nobody, it's kind of like. In in basketball or any of the athletics, Father Time's undefeated. Okay, drugs are undefeated. Yep. Anybody that does drugs will catch up to them, and it will either fuck up their brain or destroy their lives. Um, I've seen it. There is two or three very top players that I used to be jealous of that could just used to do so much more drugs than me or whatever. And they played at the highest level for years and it finally caught up to them. And I, I kind of feel bad for them, you know, but I knew it had to happen. But for the longest time, I'm not going to lie. I'm like, how come I did drugs for two years? Not like everybody thinks I did so much cocaine. That's not, that's, I never did very little cocaine. It was all me doing MDMA, which I actually spent time reading about before I ever did it. Cause I never did a drug in my life till I was 31. And I'm like, well, it says it doesn't really, it really can't hurt you. And the truth of the matter is, it can't. If you did ecstasy tab once a month, it would never hurt you. I, I think I, I'm a big believer. If everybody did ecstasy tab once a month, and there was alcohol was illegal, there would be world peace. But that's my thought process, and a lot of people who've done ecstasy believe what I just said. But uh, then my problem was, is it was having so much fun and partying with the hot strippers and porn stars and all that shit, and I was like. Oh, this is fun. Then I, 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 uh, I uh, uh, came into uh, something called multiple pills. <laughs> I used to take one, and it went lasted four <laughs> hours, and I'd go to sleep. 
They're like, no, 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 take another. Oh, take another. The next thing you know, uh, like the last six months of my partying, it was five pills a day. We'd go out 10 o'clock at night till five in the morning after hours with the porn stars and all the strippers at my house. And then because my there was no more uh, dopamine, uh, not dopamine, but no more serotonin in my head, uh, they, they talked me into Coke. That's when I started doing the Coke. And, uh, and then uh, I was like brain dead on Tuesday. I couldn't play poker at all. And then my girlfriend, I was like, oh, why don't you try this? I go, what's this? She goes, it's speed. I go, what's speed? She goes, trust me, just take this little line. You're going to play at a high level after coming off an ecstasy weekend. You'll be fine. Huh? This guy, Ray, Ray D., one of the best players in the world, said, Mike, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, because he was addicted to, to, to speed or whatever. But I, and I find out later, speed was actual crystal meth, and meth is death. Uh, and the first six months I played on this speed, I won 1.2 million playing 400, 800 limit. I thought I found the wonder drug. Yeah, no, it's hard you know? to stop. Yeah, and then what happened? It turns on you, and you know about, in poker, what's poker? It's about confidence, right it's if you play like you're, if you think you're invincible and you play with confidence and you're seeing through the cards you think wow you know who could beat me but what happens with the meth is you feel when you take like i never smoked it because they said if you ever smoke it you'll never get off it and i used to take the tiniest like line i'm talking like maybe fucking a quarter of an inch and that would all i would do just to focus in the game i never once got high on meth i took just the tiniest bit to focus me you know and then when it changed on me uh there were i i didn't realize it when they're lining up the list is like 10 bluff and they're like oh mike's been up for two days he's giving it away but you don't realize it because your brain thinks i'm in the zone i'm superman nobody can beat me but but you're actually playing bad and uh that's when i i went on this big losing streak and uh, and then I, I just one day went to a doctor and said, I want to quit. I quit cold Turkey and that was the end of it, you know, but it was, the doctor told me you were going to have, I was going to have the urge for a year and a half. And I literally had an urge till literally two days before a year and a half was up, but I believed in him. And I think, I think in life, like if you want to change anything about yourself or make yourself better and somebody's giving you advice, you have to believe in it. And that's like what I've done, I do now with the positivity, you know, Phil, Phil and Daniel have really pushed this positivity into my head. You know, don't think about anything negative that happened two hours in the past. Keep yourself in a positive mindset. And so when things get getting like, I, I've really struggled with pain lately and it's been, I, I it's really, really tough to, to take that out. Uh, but I, I, I've done that and, and, and I've been able to, you know, like even when you came over last night, I told you how depressed I was. You got me in a good mood. We went to play poker and fucking everything, all that positive energy changed. You see what I'm saying? And by the way, I do. Yeah, we'll it, I appreciate that. that too, man. I mean, I mean, when I said you're, when you said you were going to come over, I told you my mindset I was in and dude, about 10 minutes where we I was completely out of it. You know what I mean? And and that and, that, and that's just something that uh, that I, I I deal with and and it's really weird, you know. And I I know it's pain related because I hadn't been in pain in ten months and all of a sudden, the last four weeks has been a nightmare, 
And uh, I think it also has to do with the weather. Whenever it rains is when I'm in the most pain. And it's been raining like every day in Vegas for the last five weeks. So, you know, that's what kind of where it goes. So. Is there anything you're not open about? Is there? Cause you, no, like, there isn't. Depression, you're like, oh, I'm just, I'm just depressed. You're just so casual, casual about talking about things that people mm. find it difficult to talk about. Right. Is there anything that you, like, is off limits for you? Well, there, there really isn't because of the fact. Because let's uh, talk about that. No, yeah. Just... No, it's in, in life, right? If you want to better yourself, you have to tell yourself, what can I do to make myself a better person, right? What are my weaknesses? And I had never gone to AA or any of that, but I went to GA twice when I was 21. And I remember- What is GA? Gamblers Anonymous, okay? I was, oh, okay. A, I was addicted to poker machines at 21. And I, I, talk about, I, write, I talk about everything in my book, you know, Check, Raising the Devil, I put out in 2008. And uh, so, I went there and listening to these people, it was like an hour, twice. I said, man, these people are fucked up. I'm like, but listening to people kind of do what you were doing, it it really like helped, even though I only went twice, right? It like really kind of changed me. So I, I, you know, I just, I've always been the type of person that's open. I, you know, everybody knows in poker, I wear my heart on my sleeve. And I just think, you know, Fuck the PC culture. Fuck the bullshit. You know, be yourself. Don't. I hate phony people. I mean, we've talked about this many times. I like high character people, people who aren't phony, people who don't try and be somebody they're not. You know, um, there's a lot of that in the poker world. You know that, you know, and it's just I think yeah. to me being this way and and and, and people understand. I just think it, it makes it, it heals me. It makes me a better person when I talk about the mistakes I made, you know? And even, like, like recently with some players I've been playing with that are, you know, playing real big and and just drinking a lot and going off. I'm just, I become friends with, you know, I don't want to name any names, you know, but some people that play really big and, you know, I text them. I'm like, hey, man, I'm there for you, you know? I, uh, I don't want to see you go off for a big amount of money, you know? And the funny thing is, is back in the days, people would always tell me this, right? Mike, what do you do with all the money you make playing poker? I said, I just play higher. And uh, that was just, I didn't invest. That was my investment. My investment was play higher. So Yeah, you're investing in yourself. Right. And That's the best I didn't investment have, I ever made. Right. And I didn't have to worry about stocks going up and down. I didn't have to worry about losing my money. And, and buying a bunch of houses and having a crash. I didn't even know there was a crash in 2008. I knew nothing. I knew, I knew <laughs> the only thing I knew was the green felt. I knew nothing. And that's why, you know, uh, we could talk a little bit of politics, is I got into politics, and it, it's not really, to me, it wasn't a right or left thing. It made me realize I don't live in the real world. There's people suffering, working nine to five to make three, four hundred a week to put food on the table. And I start thinking to myself, yeah. you know, what do I, what can I do? What kind of message can I put out to make, to help people? You know, I've always been type of people that help people. Even when I got set up and was in jail, right? I, with this one guy, nicest, was nicest guy I met, he was like my best friend in jail the first two months and then he got let out. And, uh, but I put like, uh, what was it? 
700 bucks on his books. I mean, like 700 bucks to to somebody that comes from the projects, been in and out of jail. I mean, was this guy was like, I swear my, I'm never gonna do drugs again. I'm never gonna do this. I'm all into God, blah, 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 blah. And uh, it was a month later, he, he fucking calls me. Hey man, can you give me 300 more? I tell my friend, if, he's, if he looks like he's on drugs or, or drunk or anything, do not give it to him. My friend went there. He said he was fucked up out of his mind. He didn't give it to him. He called me back on the jail cell phone. I said, buddy, I love you. You were very close to me the first two months here, but you said you'd never ever do drugs or drink or any of that anymore, and you're all about God, and now you're fucked up again, and I, I just will not help somebody that doesn't want to help themselves. I have, uh, I have kind of a different mentality than a lot of other people. Like I like to help people, but I've right. found for me, helping them is, is not financially helping them. Correct. You know, and that was my to, problem. Because if you actually want someone to get help, they have to want it. And for them to want it, for them to actually appreciate it, to actually do the things they need to do, you have to not help them. No, the I best agree. help is no help. When, I agree. When people are going to come and ask you for money, the best thing you can do is say no. I'm not going to bail you out. Hopefully everyone else tells them no. Hopefully they hit rock bottom. They learn the lesson and they say, hey, oh, you know what? If I mess up, if I don't manage my money correctly, if I don't have savings, if I don't have a backup plan, there's nothing there for me. Right. I have to build my own safety net. I can't rely on other people. And, and learning how to do that really is like the it, best because that's what happened to me. Yeah. And, you know, now I don't have to ask for handouts from anyone anymore. I'm like, oh, I, I fell on my face. No one was there for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I, yeah, I got to learn how to do this stuff on my own. And it's, it's a good lesson for everyone. To learn. It really is, and, and it's not to say not to say you can't bail someone out every once right. in a while. Something you don't have to never give anyone any money. I mean, it's, it's a different like helping someone who's looking for to get bailed out who right. needs to learn a lesson and and just blessing someone who you just want to you know be and, generous with. And that's the thing with me. It's like I didn't. I kept saying, what, you know, after the injury and. And and me, you know, and the guy backed me. I want all this money for him. Then he cuts me off. And I'm just like, and then I, uh, you know, I uh, just everything like happened. And I I look back now and I say well, everything happened for a reason. Like I kept saying, well, why isn't anybody helping me? Well, the truth is, is I had to learn because I was 19 years of never playing less than four eight hundred mix or fifty and hundred no limit. I had to learn to play smaller and learn what a value of a dollar is. And I had none. Yeah. And even when I somebody helped me out that, that loaned me some money, and I, I still said, well, I'm just gonna crush them. Like, and nobody beats me in mixed games, you know. And I didn't have the appreciation of it. And, you know, I, I panicked, I went off, and I did the biggest mistake of my life. I stayed up for two and a half days. Uh, because I was under pressure to pay this person back and I made mistakes. And then it really, honestly, it wasn't until a year and a half ago when I just figured it all out, you know? And I think a lot of it has to do with starting this podcast, you know, going out, like you said, why am I so honest? Telling people, you know, what I've been through, rock bottom, telling people how when I had no money to get back in action, you know, I always believe like, Fuck, when everybody needed money, I staked everybody, I loaned everybody. 
I just figured I could, my credit in the poker world was A plus. I could just borrow 100 from anybody. I found out I couldn't borrow 5,000. And I was just like, what the fuck? Why is nobody helping me? You know what I mean? But now. Every- I, I, I can I tell you why. It's because while you didn't need money, there was someone else borrowing money from that person, mm-hmm. and then they burned them. And then right. that person said, fuck it, I'm not lending anyone anymore. Well, yeah. That and the fact that... <laughs> you know, I mean, largely, that's what it is. That's what happened to me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm owed more north of half a million. Right. I'm owed over, I'm, I'm owed over a million. I'm owed over a million. And only... You just learn your lesson. If yeah. you don't want to loan someone who's completely credible, you don't want to loan them five grand because you're just fucking buried. Right. It's just a negative free roll. The best case scenario, I get my own money back. Yeah. It's a terrible deal loaning And money. the thing is, is when I used to loan everybody money, it was, it was mostly helping people out who, you know, I there were good people and I did, you, you loan and, and you have, I had it to give. And if they didn't pay you back, it, it wasn't the end of the world. You know what I'm trying to say? It was whenever you loan yeah. somebody money and a lot of, that's what a lot of the, the new kids in poker don't understand. And they start going on Twitter saying, this guy hasn't paid me. Dude, that's the way the poker world works. When you loan somebody money, you just keep your business between everybody and if, and you pay people. You know, if you don't pay, you know, you keep it internally. You don't say this guy, because that, what, what's that going to get you by going out and saying, this guy owes me this much? Da, da, da. You know what I'm saying? Say, just, you just learn your lesson from it. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, yeah, I actually, I actually disagree with you there. I like when people put them on blast. Because I don't want that person to borrow money from me. I want to know that he scammed someone else. Well, there's a so different. Whoa, whoa, whoa! There's a difference between scamming somebody and somebody that literally borrowed with a good intention and things. Oh, well, that's much different. Yeah, yeah. right. Like, like I'm not gonna loan. Yeah, if you if you stiffed, if you stiffed versus like you just don't have it to pay. Correct. If you don't have it to pay. You don't have it to pay. Yeah, and like even me, you know, like when I, I, I have people that said, "Hey, I'll pay you Monday," and you know that was five years ago. Correct. <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't say a word about them because, right? You know, I, they had good intentions, but it's just stuff happens. Right. Like things like that. That's what I'm talking about. So like, so like like when people would loan me a certain amount of money, let's just I'll just throw out a twenty thousand, whatever, and I said, you know what, you'll have it on Monday. All of a sudden, you know, I'm playing whatever. I'm playing small. Things are going bad. Right. And I, I'll call the guy on Sunday and I'll say, and this is just when we talk about character and people who are just scammers. I'm just like, man, things are really rough. I, I, I'm really struggling. It, it, it might be a, a, a while, a little bit longer to pay you, but you don't need to worry as soon as I get on my feet. And everyone in the poker world knows, like if I win a tournament for 400,000 tomorrow, right. And normally I'll have half of myself for 200. Like I'm literally Every year I've paid out all but like 25K. But this year I said, you guys, the last two years, I put 100 in my pocket. I paid out 75. I had 25 left. I had two losing days in a row. I was broke. I can't put myself in that spot. I'm like, just let me play. Why do you, you don't need to get paid fives and tens. Let me play. In six months time, you'll be paid off. And I've been doing this and I, uh, I told everyone uh, once my bankroll reaches a certain amount, everything I win, 100%, they'll get called and to pick it up. So let's, you know, 
we'll just throw out a number, whatever, 100, 150,000, whatever. So if I get to, when I get my bankroll to 150, if I win 30, I call them, they pick up 30. You know what I'm saying? If I lose 25, I don't pay anybody till it gets back to 150. And it's allowing me, people know, they don't have to call me. Like, it's so, you know what bothers me? I think the most is like, okay, so I'm playing all the tournaments of the World Series. I, I min cashed the first two events and then I, I bricked the next three weeks, got two more min caches. And going into the last week, I was like, Barry, you know, you're playing the, the 10Ks and you're, and you're one for seven, you're buried with a min cash. You know what I mean? So now I, yeah. you know, I really thought I was going to win the stud eight or better. I had all the chips going on the final table. I was the best player. Well, there was a lot. I mean, Mike Wattell's a great player. I mean, I mean, we, I, me and him were the two best players. I, I was convinced me and him would be head up, and we took two of the most awful beats. I actually lost a hand, uh, a 2.6 million chip pot. Uh, there was only 9 million chips in play where I was 97.5% to get a minimum of half. And, uh, you know, it just wasn't meant to be. But I finished fourth for 116, and the phones are ringing. Hey, can you give me some money? I'm like, dude, I'm not even winners. I'm like... This 116 just got me like 30 winner for the tournament. You know, I only have half of my, these people are just, it really bothers me because they, every one of them know that the second I win, they just get paid a chunk. That's just what I do. But I'm not going to do what I've done the last two years where I'm putting everybody in front of myself. There comes a time where you have to put yourself in front of other people. Uh, it's something I've never done. I've always been the type of person that puts, you know, myself and other people in front of me. And, and it's allowed me now, we're, what, seven months out of the World Series. Uh, my bills are like 6,500 a month and my bankroll's, I think about $10,000 more than it was six months ago. Now, if I had been playing a lot, you know, it, I'd be doing better, but I, I've learned, like we were just talking about, game selection, you know? Why grind against all these great players when I could just, get in a Chad power game and get the free money that they hand out. <laughs> yeah, I'm building you up this here. This summer's going to be big, man. Yeah. We're going to crush. This summer's going to be big. So, um, yeah, I don't So uh, if, if, if we, since I didn't already mention, I have, yeah. I, I'll mention that I, I do a game at Steve's house. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Steve Aoki, uh, the DJ out here, mm -hmm. we do a game at his house. And, uh, it's just so easy. Cause Steve will, First off, I was Steve always has a seat, so there's mm -hmm. that, and it's not hard to fill the game. Right, and I get to reach out. You know, he'll say stuff like, "I don't, I won't drop a name," but he'll say like, "Oh, you know, right, so right. and so famous person." Right, and I were talking on Twitter about doing whatever song, you know, and he mentioned he likes to play poker, and I invited him over. Right, so right, right, right. I don't even, or I can say, "Hey, you know, I heard so and so likes to play poker," you know. DM them on Instagram and see if they want to come. Right. So it's it's super easy to reach out. I mean, he's got nine million followers and he's yeah. you know a legit celebrity, and he's just so easy to reach out to people and so, recruit other people to the games. The, the thing is, is is this is and, and and you know, like I said, me and Chad have become pretty close friends, and and it's all about to me high character, and like we all like me and Chad, we st started talking like. God, I hate playing with this guy. He's a scumbag. Or I hate playing. And, and we both, when we agree on every one of them. So, you know, it, and I don't just like it. I, I hate one person in my life. And I'll hate that guy forever. 
and it's very hate is a very strong word. Um, but there's many people in poker that I dislike and don't like to play with. And, um, you know, even people that give away money and, and Chad, you know, he thinks like me, he's like, fuck them. We don't, I don't care. There's plenty of people that give, I don't want, it just ruins the experience of playing poker. And, uh, yeah, I've learned that, you know, just hanging with you and playing games. Dude, we, we, every game we play in is we have fun. I mean, is there ever, when was the last time we played in a game that wasn't fun? I, I mean, <laughs> two seconds into into the game yesterday, I jumped up on my chair and then Frank spanked me. Yeah, that was unbelievable. <laughs> that was unexpected. Yeah, did you post that on Instagram? Uh, someone else did. I'm I'm gonna post it. Yeah. I haven't. So, like, you, if you guys, either. all you guys listening, if you guys want to see some fun poker stories and some good pictures, follow. What, what's your Instagram? Chad Power. It's Chad M F Power. There you go. Chad MS Power. It's a good follow, and you're gonna you get a lot yeah. of really good, um, you know, MS not uh, my, so, like, motherfucking not. I you know, know, I don't. We had uh, at, at the, I, I played a, a hand with Frank, so everyone left, and it's me and Frank playing heads up last night. And he gets a call from his wife, and he literally lets his wife play the hand. Really, for like ten thousand. What? T- tell me yeah. how the hand went. I have King Ten. And, you know, I raise, he calls, flop comes, you know, ten six four, and I just bet flop, bet turn, bet river. And he, he just, I, I took a video of the river. He's letting his wife play. Uh-huh. She doesn't know what he's holding. And, and, and she's and, on speaker? Is she on speaker when, when his wife's playing? Yeah, she's on speaker. Wow. She's Another on speaker. Great story. She clearly doesn't want to do it. She's like, Frank, I don't know. I don't even know what you have. I don't care. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Just get home. River, he's like, he's like, I don't know. I think you bite a back door to flush. And what do you think we should do? <laughs> Eventually she goes, I don't care. Just call. He goes, all right. He calls. He has six, four offsuit and he flopped bottom two pair. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. But if she says fold, I'm super confident. He just folds. Yeah. I bet. Fifty-five hundred on the river, or five thousand. I think about five thousand on the river. Yeah, she says call. Oh, and I, was, bo- I was hoping she would say call. I thought I had the best hand. For people that don't know, we're talking about. We call him Frank the Tank. He's won a lot of tournaments. One of the nicest guy. If not, God, really got to be in top ten nicest people in poker. I mean, uh, he, he's very entertaining to play with. He drinks like there's no tomorrow, which I've never seen anybody drinks like that. And then. I don't want to say what else he does, but we'll just go with... He, he wears a chicken hat. He he's, has a piece of chicken on the table at all times. He's unbelievable. He's a, he's a unique human being. He really is. And you know what? He talk, Like he was saying, you know, I quit I quit uh, working at 52. He's 58 now. He goes, I worked hard for 52 years. And, and, and he, this really shocked me. He said this to me. He goes, I might not look like it by the way I play, but... I literally have value for five thousand, where I never did before, just by working hard. And you know, I believe that. You know, you see him like like do a lot of crazy stuff, but then he's he, you know, when he when he starts to sober up, I mean, he switches gears. And and the thing is, is people, poker players are so stupid. They don't. They're not. That's why. I, again, I give you so much credit. You're able to switch gears, and they they never pick up when you switch gears. Just like I'm playing nitty tight. Now all of a sudden I switch gears. I'll start playing a lot of hands. They have no idea. They're just they have three bet me. I four bet them. They fold. You know. And uh, they're just like Mike has it. You know. The, the, and it's the same people when, when you're playing like 
like a lunatic. And then they start, they switch up and start playing a lot tighter. And Frank starts stacking them, you know. And uh, I've seen him do it now the last two times we played. So there's a lot, there's yeah, a lot of method lot to of his madness. Yeah, there's a lot of, I, I hate, I would hate like your seat being out of position against Frank. It's, that's a brutal, that's a brutal oh, seat to we're, be. We're the deepest two at the table. Right. It, it's, that's I mean, really he brutal. He probably had 150 or 200,000. Yeah. That was, uh, and I bought it, I bought it for five. So, yeah. I mean, you got to be, the thing is, is like, I, the thing I, I learned about Frank just, I played him three times, but like the last two times we played is, is I saw when he starts to sober up and I saw how he's, he, he, he no longer is inflating the pots pre-flop. He's, he's playing still a lot of pots, but he's keep playing them, keep them really, really small. And people don't, they were watching him put in like 16,000 with four, six offsuit two hours before. And now they see him betting big and he just has it. And then that, you watch at the end of the night, how many times have we watched him win a hundred thousand at the end of the night in the last couple of hours, you know? So, uh, it's just something yeah. that, that you just got to be aware of. But listen, man, this is a great interview, great discussion, great time yeah, last man, night. Yeah, me on, brother. Appreciate it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, anything out there you want to uh, tout, you got Chad on his Instagram account. Uh, what's your Twitter account they can follow you on? Uh, Chad underscore power. I don't really use Twitter much. I, I mainly You're talk Instagram. about MMA on Twitter and then Instagram is more like poker and funny stuff. Yeah, they just got me hooked up to Instagram and I'm too stupid to figure it out. I mean, they try and show it, do this, do that. And my brain somehow works at about one mile an hour and doesn't figure it out. But like I said, I'm glad we've become friends. I really believe you're one of the best players in the world. One of the nicest, most high character people. And I hope we remain friends for a long time. Uh, Thanks for coming on the show, bud. The Mouthpiece. I hope you enjoyed our episode 31, year one of the mouthpiece. It's been a great, great year for the podcast and everything around it. Um, We've grown so much. I appreciate all the fans out there that listen to me, that listen to my bullshit. And thank you so much for your support. 2020 is going to be even bigger. So tell all your friends, tune in to the mouthpiece. We'll see you all in 2020. Have a great and happy New Year.